0: amputate. What?
1: There ain't no other way?
2: The only way to stop the bleeding is to amputate and cauterize the wound.
0: What? Aaron. Wait, wait. You got something for the pain? It wouldn't kick in
2: fast enough. We have to do this now.
0: Oh, sorry, man. I need you to hold him down for me. <laughs> Welcome to fear me.
2: Fear me. You just see me. Hi, I'm Kim,
1: Stuart, and Scott.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 129. Hello, Scott. Well, hi,
3: Kim. How are
2: you? I'm good. How are you? Oh,
1: delightful. Delightful. Excellent. Excellent. Living the dream. <laughs> oh, and Stuart, how are you? I'm good. I was wondering if I was going to get involved in this conversation. No, we were. We kind Never. of forgot about you for a minute there,
3: but uh, I'm great now. Our trusty Stuart is still
1: here. Now, you guys doing okay? I had some fun after the storm. Yeah, had <laughs> some aftermath. Nothing actually happened to our house, thankfully. When we got home from uh, North Carolina, back to Atlanta, uh, other than the fact that a water line broke and our fridge blew up. Yeah, yeah. So um, electrical and water damage somehow in some weird quirky. So other than
3: that, though, it was a it was pretty.
1: Pretty tame there, huh? Yeah, and yeah. some there's some rabid deer in our backyard that keep kicking over our Adirondack chairs. So I don't. It's
2: <laughs> I think it's haunted, actually. Haunted deer. The, the forest.
1: Oh. Okay. Do you hear
3: that? Do you hear that?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: So What's I that? guess we need our fleer cameras. Yes, we need to get the FLIR
3: cameras. We need to break out the black <laughs> outfits, and we need to go track down this problem. And do some blair witch camera shots. But I got I got I got to work out a little bit though because I'm not quite muscly enough for one of those shows yet.
2: Oh, no, you got to wear your tight t-shirt so your exactly. arms
3: bulge. Exactly. with all the bad graphics on it.
2: Yeah. yeah. But we were yes. in North Carolina during Hurricane Michael? Yes. He mm-hmm. wanted to say Matthew. And uh that was a little dicey too cuz it was a tropical storm when it came through. And yeah. we were on a in a beach house that's on stilts, and it was just shaking.
1: It was shaking a lot, yeah. All and the, the water was coming was up
2: shaking. over the dunes. Yeah, we yeah. had tons it took out of. Uh, the dunes.
1: We had tons of uh, wind here in Charlotte. Yeah, I um, think you guys got much more of it than we did. We just saw the outskirts of the storm ourselves.
3: I, you know, I'm 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 pretty much done with these storms. So uh, enough, enough already.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> right? do you just go out and stand outside, and you're like, "All right, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Enough. Enough. We're done here, Michael."
3: That's enough. (laughs) Enough excitement. We're ready to move on. Bring on winter.
2: Oh no, I don't want winter. Oh,
0: Oh, I do. We came
2: home to fall weather. We left with summer Mm eighty, like high eighties temperatures, and came home one week later to temperatures in the seventies. Sucks.
1: No, it's wonderful. Ah, Wonderful. I was outside playing basketball today. It was great. It's just I can't breathe. Seventy-two
3: to seventy-five. Perfect weather. I guess. Enjoyed it. You might need a little bit of a coat.
1: One of the uh, odd pluses of your fridge blowing up is you find a beer at the back of the fridge (laughs) that (laughs) that has not been drunk yet. So, Stu, what are you drinking? Uh, This is one. What is this said beer? We've had it before. It's the Monday Night Brewing. I'm Mm -hmm. on a boat. (laughs) Gold (laughs) nail. They got the best names. Yes. So yeah, we have we featured this one before. It is very good. Just That's got it. lost in the But you like you like
3: that one?
2: Secret Heidi yeah. Hole.
1: Is it a well well aged one? It is a well aged one. If you're going to face a hurricane, I suggest you do not get on a boat. No. But, but you, you can, can drink, drink I'm on a on boat. boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. And Monday Night Brewing of course is one of our favorites here yes. in Atlanta.
3: Yes
2: yeah. it is. Yeah,
1: very good. Kimmy, what you doing?
2: Uh, I'm drinking a Terrapin, also one that we have featured before, and that is Luau Passion Fruit Orange Guava IPA.
0: Yeah, I am. And
2: I love it.
1: Yeah, it was one of the specialty beers, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, have you
2: noticed a theme? Like, mine's all Hawaiian, yeah. ocean-y. I'm on a boat. You're on a boat. I gotcha. Yeah. And we just had a hurricane at the beach. I don't really want
3: to talk about the theme of my beer, so. so. We're ready for fall, in other words. What's yours? No pumpkin ales here. No. Yeah, no no Never. Oh, down with pumpkin pumpkin ales. i've got another one from my favorite brewery Noda, um and it is an india pale ale called sticky when wet
1: oh ah. okay uh, so
3: we don't want to talk about the motivation of that one Let me um, see that i can though
1: is, is this another uh marijuana beer
3: no, no. this one's this is not the it's marijuana a, beer it's the Ooh, that's a good idea i might go get one um <laughs> But uh no this is a sticky one Wet. it's a India pale ale from Noda. Uh it's really good. It's very smooth. The one thing I'm not as big about it's it's a like a 6.3. Uh, it does have a little bit more of an alcoholic taste than I mm-hmm. like in a beer. Yeah. Um but you know I could certainly drink this. No problem. Which
1: yeah normally I mean it, it's not that strong so right. you wouldn't expect that but
2: Show us the can. Sticky. Oh, oh that's yeah. interesting what? looking. Mm-hmm. I like right. that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm
1: you got to post that one. Yes. Yes, ma'am. I will. No. I'm still no, not understanding not. that title's a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> You'll What's be all right. The name of that beer is a little weird.
3: But anyway. Sticky, sticky when wet. Well, it but says they that, they, that they... that they,
1: it's really kind of bothering me. They get uh, <laughs> the...
3: the we, bre- we brewed this beer one day after the hops were harvested.
1: As fresh and sticky as you can get. I don't know if I would want to order that one out loud in a bar. Can I get a sticky when wet? Oh, yeah, you
3: have We're to We're here say it. to
2: cover The Walking Dead season nine, episode two, "The Bridge." What y'all the think? The bridge.
3: The bridge over troubled waters.
1: I, uh, you know what? I thought this one was really good. I, it definitely felt like um, the episode one of season nine was really a setup for this one.
0: Mm-hmm. It was,
1: it was really getting all the pins in line. Yep. And, um, but I, I enjoyed it. I, 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 you know, I, I forgive him for that because I really yeah. liked this episode and it was full of stuff. I mean, in the action, I mean, you got to see Daryl, like acting like old Daryl
0: yep. again. Yep.
1: And then, uh, you know, I
3: got to see Enid stepping up. Yeah.
1: Enid was stepping up, which was good. The only thing, I think the only thing that really bothered me out of the episode was, um, the Ezekiel Carroll thing.
2: You're not buying really?
1: yeah the and the reason- and I know some people are not gonna like that because I think that you know that's that you know people have been waiting for that to happen-, mm-hmm. but honestly, it felt like oh now Ezekiel's gonna die.
0: there's
1: uh, no way they're gonna let that happiness survive.
2: I kind of agree with you on that one well,
1: that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way I mean
3: I think the the pairing works well it does I think they they have a good' chemistry. It does
1: more on his side than I think on hers, well, yes. but
3: she's playing it that way though, yeah. She's playing a little, you know, being a little, she's playing, Carol wants to be in control of the situation.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And yep. so she's being a little standoffish to him. And he's like a little puppy dog around her.
2: Yes. So. Super cute.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I, like I think it. their chemistry in, in the way that they're setting it up has worked out really well.
2: I do too. It's more, like I think we said last week, it's more believable than Rick and Michonne.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Or I have to say in some respects, um, Anne and, and, uh father gabriel
2: yeah
3: the, the, the biggest problem i have with that one i don't actually have a problem with the two of them and their chemistry or anything i have a problem with how they're playing Anne. i mean mm, yeah. if i didn't have all the past with Anne, i would really like her character more but i know she's kind of a kook right
0: mm-hmm. because
3: of all that's the garbage people and all that was that was about as weird as you can get you know they they were going all out mad max and that thing and now here she is, somewhat of a regular person, and I like her. I like her character a lot, but it just doesn't jibe with with the weird weirdo that she was before.
2: Well, mm-hmm. she's also very forward and yes. forceful yeah. to yeah. Father Gabriel,
3: which is which is actually going along with her old character. I yeah. get the, you know yes. that that part is there, and also the little bit of mystery. But but also I I guess it's just the way she acts regular around people that. That's the part that is weird to me because she never seemed like even when she was with her people that she was a uh,
1: people person,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: if you want to put it that way, comfortable up around other people. And uh, and you don't you don't really get any hints of what she was before. I mean, right. yes, she had like this persona that she was putting on, uh, right. but still, you'd think that you'd get some hint of that through her character. Yeah, and now. it
3: doesn't. Yeah, they don't really give any justification for it either. She was a teacher. So she went Mad Max. I mean, maybe she was a big fan of the movie. I don't know, but
2: there's a big chunk that we're missing, obviously. Right,
3: right, and we will find out. And I'm very interested to find that out too. Me too. I am
2: psyched. I am so excited.
1: Yep, yep.
3: What do you think
2: about Jerry and his girl? Jerry and his girl's fine. I like to see Jerry happy. So cute.
1: But yeah, I think I mean all this pairing up stuff is all just to to bring down the thunder. You know, something bad's gonna happen. Yeah, thunder. Yeah, should I put the Yes. Thunder,
2: thunder. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was cute that they were pairing all these people together because, like, it's just natural when you start. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Together, it is a natural.
3: If, if they've been around together for a year now, then, yeah. then they they should that should be happening.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that they're showing that, even though there's a lot of people getting together right now and pairing up and in the past i probably would have said that was overkill but they're they're not showing us enough of each of those relationships where it's like annoying yet so i mm-hmm. hope they don't go too far into any of them right you know yeah yeah I mean?
3: exactly i mean it's 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 uh it's a good solid background to have going on behind the action that's fine i agree we don't need to delve too much into it good lord i don't need to know all about jerry's relationship with with whatever her name is um right, right, it's right, right. it's cute to see but Okay, we don't need to delve into that too much. Exactly. But we, but you know, it, it is intriguing to find out what's going on with, uh, with uh, Anne and Father Gabriel, and
1: you know what's going on in their relationship and
3: and Carol's thing. You know, it's cute. I mean, it's nice. It's mm-hmm. nice to well, see them happy.
1: Again, they're driving home the point: the new beginning, yes. which I I do think is you know it's setting it all up for some sort of failure. Now, mm-hmm. you know, they're just they're trying to, they're trying to pull. Pre-pull at the heartstrings when everything does fall apart. You know that. You
0: know. Yeah.
3: I thought they did a really good job with uh, with the open because they kind of they they're able to introduce all that stuff with with Rick walking through the camp. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just kind of Rick's observations of the different people and so forth mm-hmm. as he's working his way through the camp, which is a great way of looking at it because mm-hmm. th- this whole thing, as you're seeing in this thing, it, this is all about Rick's leadership. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what what the underlying theme of this whole thing is. You've got, you know, different people are challenging his leadership. Other people are following his leadership. And then you've always got in the background, uh, Negan, who, who is, is taunting him all the time, you know, when they talk, because, you know, Negan's, I thought that was brilliant. What he said about, you know, when, when Rick said to him, don't you ever, uh, don't you ever get tired of being in charge like that? And, and he said, don't you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Rick's got to wrestle with that. He's got to wrestle with what's going on there. And uh, and what happened with Aaron and so forth made him be real self-conscious of that.
1: So he's going back to Negan to try and prove to Negan in hopes that possibly he's going to change in some way? I mean, he's no, not going to let him he's, out. He's just using it as a
3: talking... I
1: think he's just... It's, it's, just, it's a little gloating.
3: And yeah, it's,
2: exactly. It's like, hey, we're making stuff work the way you couldn't of. ever have... Right thought of
1: and the 35 days from what
2: from the time that uh gregory was hung and they started yeah. working on the bridge
3: right okay yeah so we we jumped a month forward. yeah so
2: we're doing a lot of time jumping this year
3: mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, scott
2: they're... did you tell us how if you liked the episode or not
3: i loved it i loved it i thought it was an excellent episode um there was a lot of interesting things going on the action scenes were fantastic and uh, I really liked how some of the stuff was settled in it, and mm-hmm. they they presented us with a new, very intriguing mystery. Yes. What is happening to the saviors?
2: And mm-hmm. the helicopter. And the,
3: the helicopter. Oh, I'm talking more about the fact that people are disappearing.
2: I know, yeah. but there's two intriguing right, mysteries, right? Which I am so excited about.
1: Which what is okay? What is the bad saviors guy's name? I forgot. Uh, Justin. So, Justin. Okay. Yeah, so he was kind of a pain in the ass. Is that the
2: long-haired guy? Yes,
1: that's the guy who shows up three separate times. And I have to think that that actor, when he got that script, was like, okay, these are my tough guy lines, really? (laughs) 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 Because he had some really bad lines, but, you know. And then he's just getting his ass kicked all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. By the little yeah, kid, it, by Daryl twice, and then. But
2: that line yeah. where he was.
1: Rick almost kicked his he ass. Right past
2: Rick, and he's like, you better curb your dog or whatever. He yeah, said. it was like, dude, oh, yeah, do you yeah.
1: really have to keep pushing people's buttons. Like, shut that up. But, hell but like yeah, Rick said, one. <laughs> he's
3: one of those guys that, you know, Rick used to pick up when he was a cop yeah. that would do that kind of shit. He was a
1: bully and, and would push the envelope on that crap all the time. But then Rick's like, yeah, what? Uh, stitches aren't, aren't going to fix what I do to you. And the guy's yeah. like, well. Yeah, I'm not gonna be here tonight either. Yeah. I'm exactly. just gonna leave. Exactly.
3: Yeah, and I thought he was great Which the way was presented uh, a little bit better. Way the way the uh the kid took him down with the stick.
2: That yes. was awesome. Yeah. Way to go, Henry.
3: Yep. Yep. So uh yeah, that was an that was an interesting I you know, the guy who plays um Justin's sidekick in this a little bit, uh the short haired,
1: dark haired guy? Yeah,
3: Jed. Yeah. That guy is great. I've seen yeah. him on a couple things. He was on Entourage. He was one of, he was this crazy director on Entourage. He was fantastic.
1: Uh, I thought I recognized him. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I've, I've, I've seen I'm, him before yeah, too. Yeah, I'm glad I've they never seen I'm that.
3: glad they got him on, on there um because he really is a he's he's very good and he's very good at being a being a uh,
1: hard ass. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I got beat up by a kid too. Yeah, but it was in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs>
3: As he's helping him up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jed. Well, I like the episode, too. Okay.
1: Bring it. All right. So we're moving on. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Why did you like the episode, too?
2: I actually really like the episode, too, because I feel like it's kind of old Walking Dead again, where we have all these little... I don't, there's just so much going on. There's so many uh-huh. storylines that it's uh-huh. you really have to pay attention in order to follow all of it. And... Everything from Maggie to to Anne, like it's all intriguing to me. Nothing in this episode was boring, and nothing Mm -hmm. seemed stupid.
1: And I think the other thing is that it all seems to be working together versus being disconnected. Even though they're in the different societies, it definitely felt like it was much more of a well. It's all they're all part of the same. They're all
3: part of that community. Yeah, Uh, or at least they're all part of a community, Mm -hmm. uh, be it the three different communities. But still, hey, I got to ask you one thing in the camp. Um, there was the signpost, and it says Oceanside and Hilltop mm-hmm. and something. And then it says Toledo. For MASH. Oh, is that what that was for?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, okay,
3: you're it, right. It was, a, yes. it was a throwback
2: to MASH. Yeah, that's ah, good. Good.
1: I like it then. And then the one said the future, and it was pointing to the... And that was a different post, though. It said yeah, the future, yeah. It was, it was pointing to, was the, the, bridge. to the
3: bridge. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep,
3: exactly.
2: Yeah, so that that was actually a cute little... Homage. Another one that I thought,
3: you know, was really well done was Rick's conversations with Eugene. I thought they did a really good job to show you what kind of an asset he is to the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he was walk, you know, as Rick is moving between this, this, and this, Rick, you know, Eugene's walking with him going through a, a work list of things that he's working on. You know, and it's everything from how to get supplies and and what you know manpower and you know food and so forth so Eugene's got a lot of engineering things going on
2: Eugene and has become like the town manager
0: yeah yeah
2: he's got his hands on everything and he knows exactly what's going on everywhere mm-hmm. but then it's like okay do we really want to trust Eugene yeah he's flip-flopped so many times although he seems like he's really into it and he's, he is he's all he's in. found
3: his niche though. He has mm-hmm. found totally. his niche with this. Because he's able to do kind of what he was doing under Negan, but without the fear.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: He's and more broad to... spectrum. Right. Well, right. And I
1: think we're we're not supposed to really question whether we can trust him on this or not at this point. I mean he seems to be already again, we're a year and a half later and we're all... and he's, you know, pretty well.
3: Obviously Rick is 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 trusting him because he's yeah. got him mm-hmm. working on like a thousand projects. Yeah,
2: so, yeah, so, and he's yeah. handling it well. Mm-hmm. He was talking so fast I couldn't even understand all the little quips he was saying. The way he was talking in this episode was not annoying like he has been in past seasons.
3: Right, because you saw him; he was on a mission.
2: Right, mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the little sayings that he was doing was they made sense actually.
3: Yeah, yeah, it worked. They they were fun to kind of decipher, but uh, but they weren't completely humorous. Like the, you know, which was almost comic booky
1: and or um, useless. I mean, they mm-hmm. generally were talking about something that he was actually working on, right and like you like, know, the-
3: like fleas on a dog. They did a really good job with a lot of those minor characters in this without overwhelming us. Yeah. Um, I thought they did a great job, like I said earlier, with Enid's position, even though I do have a little bit of a problem with somebody amputating somebody's arm based on what they see in a book. <laughs> but
2: that you know, that was disturbing. I mean, you know, she's been training, but to, she hadn't been
3: trained to do that.
2: To yeah, to have a book open on the table while she's actually performing that procedure—that's mm-hmm. a little disturbing. <laughs> I will say that sometimes in the vet clinic, we would do the same thing.
3: But 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 you're in this this wilderness camp doing something like that, and then Rick comes in, and how is he gonna be? Is he gonna be all right? And
1: she's like, "Oh yeah, he'll be fine." And I'm kind of like.
3: How in the hell does she know that?
1: I thought well, the same thing. I, I like the sequence of like her saying, "Well, we're gonna have to amputate your arm," and then I'm sure everybody at home's like, "They're amputating his arm." Well, and then Daryl's like, "Really?" Oh, and then Aaron's Aaron. like, "Really?"
2: I know. Aaron's like, "What? <laughs> what are you doing?" Well, it was so convincing the way they said it. It was awesome. But
1: what, well, yeah, I mean, it was almost kind of jokingly like, "Are you? You're kidding, right?" Yeah, like, you're not you're, serious. You're gonna you? stop yeah. at
2: any second now, right? Or, I just or hope the Sadiq... come in and be like, "Oh, it'll be fine. I'll do it." <laughs> yeah, or no, stop. Sadiq's gonna
1: be like, "Whoa, why what did are you do it?"
2: I know. After the fact, he'll be like, "You did not need to do that yeah, at all." You,
3: Don't you realize Aaron, but... we
1: could have just
3: sutured that and given him some antibiotics. <laughs>
2: just right? burned it a little bit, cauterize mm-hmm. it. it, set would be the fine. bone,
3: and then um, give him some antibiotics that we have in my bag right
1: here. <laughs> that
2: arm was pretty
1: bad. That, that.
3: that
2: was gross. The bone was popping out. The way it was crushed, it was that was really cool. Actually, I like that the way they did mm-hmm. that. And that when whole... he pulled it out of the out of the um, stump and saw that it was like that, and yeah. his yeah. face yeah. just kind of went white. <laughs>
3: yeah, I um I I have it down as as my hit, but I've got another one, so I'll use that other one. But the thing that I thought was was really great in this was the the Walker battle that happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Around
3: the log, the log group. Yeah, when Rick and everybody showed up, and even when Daryl whipped out the knives and started going at it, dude. Um,
2: when Daryl did the double knife hit on the Walkers, I was like, "Go, Daryl!"
3: Like I was kind of hoping they'd have him keep going.
2: I know I was too. I am loving Daryl this this season. He is awesome. I'm so glad they're giving him more lines and more stuff to do. And I just like seeing the,
3: the whole bunch of them. The different groups were. Mixed together, working in that battle against mm-hmm. the uh, against the walkers, and I thought it was really good. Uh, and I thought the the uh, cinematography with it was done very well. And when they and when Rick loosened those do- the uh, logs that went rolling over those walkers, mm-hmm. that was pretty damn cool.
2: That's actually what I was getting ready to say. When they did the blurred shot of him trying to shoot that, mm-hmm. and uh, that was kind of like old school Walking Dead too, mm-hmm. like first season type stuff.
3: Thank God they showed him miss
1: first.
2: I know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
1: not perfect, all. <laughs> yeah.
2: But when when it hit the walkers and it just squished their head like a grape, <laughs> yep.
1: like like that oh. is the softest part of their body. God, that was gnarly. It was only gnarly. squishing heads. Yeah,
2: super yeah. gnarly. But then Stuart's like, "Well, now somebody's got to go pick up all those logs." <laughs> I was like, "Really?" Like
1: all that work, man.
2: Does that <laughs> matter right now? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that they just rolled all those, those
1: over up onto that thing, and now...
2: And Aaron lost his arm over it. Yeah, he
1: and just And Daryl out there and just have him start stabbing people. <laughs> like, let the logs
2: loose. One
3: of
1: the, One of the people on the on the work crew just looking down the hill going,
2: Damn it! Damn, I damn know. it! Yeah. Damn just it! been all day doing that shit.
1: God damn Darryl it. Daryl was riding one of the logs down the hill.
2: He'd be like, Rick, you better have your ass out here helping us. God damn Having it. a log roll. <laughs> You know, Very that good. scene, now that I think about it, actually reminds me of the scenes from season six or seven when they were approaching Alexandria. When they were in Alexandria and they were putting the the buses and uh, all the cars down the road. Mm-hmm. And they were all working together to line it up so yeah. that the herd would go in one direction. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. It was like yeah.
2: season premiere stuff. Mm-hmm. What season mm-hmm. was that? I six remember which seven. one you're talking about. Yeah. They had the
1: wall where like the walkers just kept hitting their hip heads on the same spot.
2: Yeah, it was before right. Glenn died, so it must have been six.
1: And the balloons? That
2: was Yeah, Alexandria. the balloons. Huh?
1: That was Alexandria. Yeah, no. Yeah.
2: That's what I said.
1: No, I just came up with that.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's our Stuart.
3: Not just the best sound man out there.
2: <laughs>
0: Whatever. <laughs>
1: Get it taking credit for other people's ideas. That's right. That's right.
2: Another thing that I noticed is that um, Rosita seems to be on, like Rosita and Tara, I guess, are both fully aware of what's going on surrounding with all the walkers. They know like how many herds are out there. Rosita's got an idea of like how many Mm -hmm. walkers are in each herd. And so they are really starting to use their resources and their brains to be observant.
3: Well, yeah, they're being strategic with things.
2: Yeah, and it's nice to see them evolving. But you know, I got to ask you this: that. they had
3: they had a very extensive system worked up. Okay, warning systems, and and a way to draw the walkers away. Once they started dynamiting the road, things like that. So you have all that stuff going on, and you got one very important position, and that's to turn on the horn
1: <laughs> to get the walkers to come. <laughs> and you put Justin in
3: charge yeah.
2: of that. I think they the wanted guy, to give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: Captain Jackass that just got in a fight with Daryl.
3: Yeah, the the guy that is proven to be be at best maybe reliable, um, and you put him on a critical thing like turning the horde away from from their work crew. That didn't make any sense to me.
2: I agree, and it wasn't first. I, I
3: mean, why was he even on the bridge crew? I mean, he's such an asshole. Why would they even keep him around?
2: No, but I do think they were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it was just like that chick that was with that Rosita. Out, that chick that was with Rosita, and she was like, would you trust me if I were the one that was in charge of the dynamite? And Rosita's like, uh, no. And Which it I should've... thought was
3: a little overdone. I mean, come on, that was a year and a half later.
2: Well, still, I, I think if somebody sliced my face with a knife, I think I'd still be pretty pissed at them. Especially if they did it in anger. But, nonetheless...
1: Get over it, Rosita. That's all I gotta say.
2: <laughs> no, yes. I mean, it goes along with what Scott's saying. Like, if... If they don't trust the saviors, why have him on something like that? On the flip side, Rick, especially, wants to trust the saviors. And so he uh-huh. wants to give them responsibility to show them that they trust to them. There are Which is
3: plenty what... of saviors. There are plenty of saviors that have made, done more to be trusted than Justin.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, totally agree with you. And but, uh, yeah, that's they're, they're
1: such a critical to... position. They're trying to magnify the wedge that's coming between Daryl and right. Rick because of this decision, mm-hmm. because of the decision to keep Negan alive, and the decision to to even help the Saviors, which again right. is uh, Maggie's not happy about either. Right. So um, you know that's that's their their main problem. Oh, you right. know how
3: I feel about the the Negan thing. I I still don't get what that's about. But I don't
1: either. That's why I'm I was asking like, what's the point of him going back there and what? Does he really need to? He try told and change Negan. This guy's he said, mind? "You."
3: He said, "We're going to rebuild everything, and you get to watch it." Okay, mm-hmm. that's what he told him when he was on the hospital bed,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: so now he's going back there and reporting what's going on to make him watch and see how things are growing.
2: Yeah, Yeah, but it's it's also, (laughs) it's a stupid move because now he's given Negan all the information that he could possibly need Mm -hmm. for that moment when he escapes, which we know he probably will or somebody will let him out or something. And um, he has a chance to to take over again because his sanctuary guys, the saviors still want him. Some of them still want Mm -hmm. to follow them, follow him and still want to be those people again. And he has; they're set up for him.
3: So, it, but it does appear that that crowd is disappearing. Yes. So, what is the what is the deal with the disappearing saviors and the supplies? Because remember, they also the uh, ethanol went missing too.
2: Mm. Such an interesting mystery. Mm-hmm. I
1: don't know. I have no idea. And I mean, when that Justin guy goes gets disappeared, he knows the guy. So yes, yeah. it's obvious and he knows
3: the guy, he's,
2: and
1: he's not too terribly surprised by him either.
2: Well, right. and he's not mad at the guy. Right. Or irritated with him. So it's somebody that he... So it's not like it would be Daryl. Right. And it's right. not Dwight. Mm-mm. So it's got to be somebody that he kind of sort of trusts or likes or something. Well, who do you think it is? I have no idea. I'm totally dumbfounded. I have One-armed no idea. one arm, Darren. No.
1: That's why he's like, you shouldn't be out here, man. You just lost an arm. <laughs> oh, that was the giveaway line. You're right. Yes. I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was.
3: Where's your arm? <laughs> i
2: don't I don't know who it is who do you think it is scott
1: well i mean
3: at first when i watched it the first time i thought it was the quiet mild-mannered guy that former savior that's with maggie's group
2: i thought that at first too
3: but when i went back and watched guy. it the second oh, you time mean the
1: guy that is like the builder
3: yeah 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 but it's not him Okay. Yeah, I mean, when I went back to see when I went back to uh, see it the second time, unless he's a good actor, because he really was sincerely worried about the missing saviors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's him. I wouldn't be. You know, it's got to be somebody who's not thrilled with the whole savior idea.
1: Yep. Okay. Well, here's the here's the other side. Mm-hmm. Is there another group that, that the saviors wouldn't know? possibly that our group doesn't know about possibly well that's a
3: possibility um we don't really know what's coming and that may be what we're going to see but it still has to be somebody he knew
2: i mean it, it could be the intro of the save of the whispers
3: it could be it could be but i don't I, think I, it is somehow they would have yeah but somehow that guy would have had some kind of involvement with the whispers to be familiar with that
1: them if they showed up and
3: well it's they not, could have been
2: a trading post
1: did you say creepy sidekick guy
2: which creepy sidekick? Oh, you're he? talking
1: about Jed? Yeah.
2: No, it's not him.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Jed has enough cachet to to exactly. be the kid. Exactly. I think. Um, I do think it's. I'm. I would. I would look at someone who is with the Saviors, wants the Saviors to work, and wants to get rid of the these other people that are interfering with the other Saviors that are making trouble for stuff.
2: Hmm.
3: So you know, Carol.
2: I mean, Carol's done stuff like that before.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Seriously, you think Carol?
3: Really? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Now, I don't know how familiar he is with Carol, so I don't know his reaction was someone he's very familiar with. Yeah, it,
1: it was. Yeah, like another savior,
3: right. Father
2: Gabriel. Mm, no, Eugene. No. Hmm.
3: Huh. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's actually kind of interesting.
2: I know that could be interesting. Eugene has a lot of reasons to take out. I don't see that. I just the Saviors. See that. I don't
1: see it.
3: Actually, I, I would be more worried for Eugene having uh, Saviors having a lot of reason to take him out.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, here's here's the other mystery that was was popping up was the helicopter. Yes. Which Anne I, saw and almost right. wanted to go away before anybody else saw it.
0: Yeah.
3: Yes. Well, yeah. I think she was kind of conflicted. To me, she looked almost conflicted, like. Oh crap! Now I'm going to have to make a decision.
2: Yes. Yeah. Totally. I, right.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Yep.
2: Yeah, I thought so too.
3: And and I think part of it was you know maybe her growing attraction for Gabriel
2: mm-hmm. and
3: it, and her comfort with the community as its own. Does she want to just now
1: up and leave? Right. But that helicopter was her escape. Right. Before that, she was waiting for at the yes. junkyard. So, mm-hmm.
2: but. Right. You know, a lot of people have said, "Oh my God, she's the only one who saw that." Well, we don't know that she's the only one who saw that mm-hmm, or right. heard the helicopter. It was flying super high.
0: Yeah, so but you could hear it.
2: Yeah, so the possibility of someone else hearing it—it mm-hmm. it was the middle of the night, probably slim. But who knows? There's nothing else. Oh, I think on out there. I think
3: they're going to make them their presence known pretty soon.
1: I do too. And that's how they—that's how they saw the junkyard in the first place, wasn't it? Didn't they yeah. see the helicopter landing there? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And we saw the helipad
0: so it's in the wing, junkyard
1: yeah, and so forth. Con- continuous contact.
3: Well, I tell you what. Let's uh, take a break for a minute while we ponder this, and we'll come back and explore uh, some of those ideas in a
1: sec. I might even have an answer. Oh, nice. You delve, Stu. You delve. <laughs> I probably won't.
3: We're back, and um, I think there was a lot going on at Hilltop. Um, we so haven't delved much. into too much. Um, I, I, I there was a whole battle, psychological battle, kind of going on between Maggie and Michonne and Jesus throughout the episode, because Michonne's making that big push to try to come up
1: with the Bill of Rights or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was interesting. I was. And she's always, she's also up there for supplies because that's what we said. You know, she's, oh, yeah, she's taking care of that. I'm not a big fan of the real harsh Maggie.
2: Uh, No, not either. She was like way
1: over the top.
2: Yeah, Yeah. she's unreasonable almost.
3: But I think she's kind of having to be that way Mm -hmm. because I think because they're the most successful community, they're getting hit on all sides. Mm -hmm. I think. For supplies yeah yeah and, and and just everything you know they anybody needs assistance they're kind of looking at hilltop for that you know i mean I, I, we've not even seen alexandria this season yet
2: i know isn't that weird mm-hmm.
3: we have no idea what's going on there other than they keep saying oh come and visit
2: or the kingdom
3: well we saw once i thought we saw one scene in the kingdom didn't we
2: i don't remember seeing anything of the kingdom uh, i could
3: be wrong Anyway, but, S- some gathering to leave. But they have a lot of rebuilding to do because, well, they lost most of their soldiers.
2: Yeah, I was pretty. Im- I was pretty impressed with the scene where Maggie's on the the balcony and the 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 shot that's beyond her is all the raised bed gardens. I was super jealous of those.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: she's so done a pretty good job with that.
1: Yep. They, well, yeah, they had like a whole series of sheds and stuff. There's like five or six of them like in a row that they had built. They built New a buildings. lot of stuff. Yeah. And that was one thing I was wondering about. I was like, man, where are they getting all this lumber?
2: From the oh, forest. Uh yeah.
1: yeah, but I mean you got to That's why they all were that. loading up logs. <laughs> yeah. I know. But I'm just okay. Because
3: it looks I, like I she's got all kinds mill. of she you know, she had a foundry set up and all this other stuff. So I'd imagine she's got tools for doing this kind of stuff.
2: They're doing it the old fashioned way, probably.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I you know who I'm getting a little bit tired of, to tell you the truth? Is mm. uh Jesus. Why? You know I I don't know. He's just so passive all the time. Yes.
2: He's Jesus. I,
3: I want him to stand up <laughs> and, you know, say something for real. Instead of he, he with him it's always hinting at things.
1: Yeah, he's always manipulating people into a decision. Like, do you really want to do that? Right. Is that, exactly. is that how you
3: feel? You, you are really feeling down
1: you're like, yeah. <laughs> Stop being a psychologist. You are brilliant. You make good decisions.
3: Maybe not this one.
1: Yeah, I was a little yeah, I was a little weirded out by that too, because well, specifically what I said, because he was doing that with Gregory. He was right. slowly kind of edging him, you know, like guiding right. him in certain directions. And for a guy
3: that didn't want to for a guy that didn't want to be hemmed in by a community, he's right there at the seat of the community the whole damn yeah. time. He's in the
1: same position too. Right. So
2: I actually like the way he's doing stuff. I think He's doing it so that people make the decisions on their own. They're not being told what to do. And you're more likely to follow through with things if you're the one making the decision.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but he's not making the decisions.
2: That's what I'm saying. He's right. making... He's allowing people... He's he like a psychologist. Decisions. He guides That's your exactly thoughts. what I said. It is. It's yeah. exactly what you said. But he's guiding your thoughts so that you are the one making the decision, not him.
3: Well, it's only Maggie.
2: No, he's doing it with everybody. Well,
3: he, Michonne wasn't making any decisions in this. Michonne was pointing out things. He wasn't manipulating Michonne into making decisions. Then
2: he didn't have to manipulate Michonne. Right. Anybody who has to make a decision, he's manipulating. I
1: think I feel like Jesus is using the Force. Jesus. And he's like, you do not want to do that. That scene
3: when he was floating over the ground.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Oy. his feet were glowing. Yes. Like exactly. little Iron Man Where jets. Where the hell did that come from? Another mystery.
0: Hmm.
2: But when he is in Maggie's office, this is something that I thought was super interesting. Talk he picks me. up the letter from Georgie, and he's like, "Oh, Georgie's been writing you still." The twins delivered another letter from Georgie, mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, that's an old one." Do you guys remember who Georgie is? Oh, oh yeah, she's yeah. the Oceanside
1: person now. No, 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 no. She's, she's the, the lady that met him in the book. street. Yes, right, right,
2: right. With the right, right. book okay. on how Excuse to get me. things done. Okay, and right. Georgie is still. The and we saw that book
3: earlier too. We yes, saw that and, book.
2: But the point is, Georgie's still communicating. She didn't. Yeah. She wasn't just a fly by the seat of your pants, here's the book and I'm out of here, peace right, out right, type right. of person. Right. She's but Maggie's still also not totally
3: impressed by her.
2: She's been, how do you know that?
3: Because Maggie said that. She says, I like a lot of the decisions she makes, but I'm not into, I don't care for all of them.
2: Well, she said, "I don't." Well, Jesus said she's been wanting you to
3: yeah to join for go a long time.
2: Join with her, which could be the out for Maggie in this season, which is what I'm thinking.
3: That she goes and joins Georgie.
2: She goes and joins Georgie, so she doesn't Can necessarily have to die because to there's rumors that she's going to come back in season ten.
1: Okay, so she okay, so she would she would go and join her and going to help other communities. In right. Other words. Okay.
2: Spread the word
1: in that cool truck,
2: and then comes back. Mm.
1: But I think it's really
2: cool that Georgie is still in the scene, right? Yeah, sorry. she's still fr- in the picture.
1: I, yeah, yeah. And I, I okay. wondered when she was going to come back again. But yeah, right. I, I actually remember her. Uh, Jesus was talking about her record collection. I think. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. She's yes. probably got
2: a really cool she, record yeah. collection by now. So, mm-hmm. but so she's not as such a passive character as we originally thought she would be. Well, I've been
1: wondering when she makes a a reappearance, so.
2: I think that's really cool. And Mm
1: -hmm. I think she has a helicopter. I don't. No, I'm just, I I don't believe that at all. I just said it.
3: (laughs) So, uh, the big turmoil, you know, we got Michonne who's trying to get this Bill of Rice things going. And one of the big turmoils that they have going is the whole issue with the plow. And the fact that she has um, Earl locked up because of his assassination attempt, Mm -hmm. but he's their blacksmith. And, and, you know, and Michonne's kind of like, okay, yeah. um, But he's like the only one that can do this.
1: Well, and I think Um, that's, that's why uh, Maggie gets combative there too, because she's not, because Michonne's kind of telling her, well, why don't you just let him go? Right. And she's like, don't tell me what to do.
2: That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying with Jesus. He's allowing Maggie to figure these things out on her own. She does not like to be right, told I what to do. I am
1: tired of your Jesus arguments. Just saying. <laughs> We're moving on to Earl here. She's gone all religious on us, Stu. She's gone well, all no. religious on us. But I think I think by the end of the episode, uh, I think Michonne's words kind of ring home to yes. Maggie. Like, okay, well, yeah, that does make sense. Well, it, yeah, maybe it, it took I'm being the, a little, it took little her, too stubborn.
3: Well, it took her. Kinda, you know, Maggie needed perspective. Yep. She was kind of in a hole. She was or in a corner. I mean, she had a guy here who had tried to kill her. She doesn't think he's necessarily a bad guy. Um, he is valuable to the community. But she can't just let a guy like that just walk around.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know. It makes sense. So, so um, but I think it was when she, you know, her conversation with Earl is what really tipped the scales. Because it reminded right. her of her father. and. Right. And so that you know, I think she, that's when she kind of got her got off her anger and got over her anger mm-hmm. and got more on perspective um, to at least meet Michonne halfway.
1: Well, and I think yeah, her uh, seeing her um, his his wife talk to him down in the cell, yeah, and and realizing, okay, well he was kind of in a bad state at that point because he just lost his son.
3: Right,
0: like mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. before, like and all, that, all that
3: manipulation. Yeah, right, right, and and she she saw a lot of uh, parallels with him. Yep. and Herschel. Yeah. Herschel won. Yeah, yeah. I thought that but was a, that was interesting.
2: Her little her little jab at him at the end, where she was like, "Did I make the wrong decision?" Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, should you have been the should, one that, that was? Per, been yeah, wrong? that
3: was that was damn uh, angry. I was when like, she damn. Said
2: that. like I thought yeah. you were coming around. And, and you know, and, oh. and,
3: and I thought it was interesting, too, that um, the coming together conversation between Michonne and Maggie did end up kind of with a little bit of a, a, you know, in your face attitude in there when Maggie was saying, you know, we can come up with these rules, but I will still do what is important to this community. Yeah. And Michonne said, and we will, too. And I'm thinking, wow, they really are two separate communities.
2: Yeah. Yes, they yeah, are. Yeah, I
1: was driving that home. Yeah.
2: And that's kind of sad because they were such a tight-knit group at the beginning. And for them to splinter like they have. Yep. And Maggie is so domineering now and doesn't mm-hmm. even want to hear what other people have to say some of the time. And uh, and, and Michelle's
3: really looking out for yeah, Alexandria and Sanctuary. She has the
2: best interest at heart. Of everybody.
3: No, no, I don't think so. Not necessarily. I mean, she... I think she does. I think she's looking at it, but Michonne is also looking at his separate communities, though. She's trying to push Rick's agenda. She's trying Mm -hmm. to help Rick with his agenda to save Sanctuary, okay? But I think she thinks of Alexandria as its own community.
2: Of course she does, but she still has the best interest of everyone at her heart, because she wants everybody to get along. She wants everybody to share supplies... Mm-hmm. Or resources, whereas Maggie's like, hilltop, hilltop, hilltop. We're gonna, right. ser- we're gonna keep our own safe, and if you guys falter, that's your problem.
3: Right, and I think, and Michonne was kind of like, yeah, us too.
2: Well, if if you're if somebody presents you with that attitude, I think you mm-hmm. would go in the defensive, which I think is what Michonne did, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is like, screw you. Yeah, we'll do that too, but we could just work together, and I'll be happy.
3: Do you, if you think, want to do, do th-
2: that? That would be awesome.
3: Do you think they're setting up a sanctuary to fail?
2: Yeah.
3: And the the conflict become that.
2: Yeah, totally, totally. That,
3: yeah, that sanctuary collapses, and then the then Hilltop and Alexandria are at odds over it.
2: Yes, I think that's exactly what will happen.
3: Because I I kind of still have a feeling that Rick's Rick will be assassinated by somebody,
0: mm-hmm.
3: because they really are putting Rick into such a. Such a presidential position.
1: Mm-hmm. He's got a target you know, on his back, and
3: he's trying to hold. It's almost. It's almost like Lincoln. It's almost like Lincoln trying to hold the Union together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's he's trying to negotiate give and take from the people who have and the people who don't have.
1: But he's making a pretty big decision to keep the sanctuary involved when right. everyone he's known in this new world um, is at odds to that idea. Right. And he's right. still he's still pushing it forward. And I, I you might have been saying this, but I'm not sure if that was the point you were trying to get across. Is that Michonne maybe maybe doesn't fully agree with what Rick's doing either, but he, she's still trying to be the ambassador to to uh, Hilltop in a way. You maybe and, so. I mean, I, I still I don't know.
3: I think I think Michonne is a believer of that, okay. but I, I, but I don't think I think Michonne. Rick is kind of hoping by, you know, being the big guy and talking to everybody that he can hold this loose um, union together. Mm -hmm. And I think Michonne is looking at it from the perspective is, I can get this union together if I can get them united under law. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So I think they both have the same agenda.
0: And Rick's,
1: I mean, Rick's, the the whole reasoning for, for him keeping the saviors around this time is because of Carl, too. Because mm-hmm. of what Carl was instilling when he died. is that? Well, I think,
3: yeah, and I think it's also, Stu, the fact that he knows that, um, well, the, you know, as they stated right from the beginning, you know, that you would have to kill them all. Yeah. I mean, this would be, this is, this would be a rogue group that would be against you. So is it easier to have them work with you or have them work against you?
1: But remember where we left Rick off in mm-hmm. season eight. Remember, yeah. he was killing everyone. He was going to kill everyone. Right. But but remember, but Rick's the one who said, "Okay, everybody stop. Yeah, not I'm not. okay. not the very end. But I mean, through the entire season. Sure. You know, he was on killing spree.
3: Right. But he realized in the end that he couldn't do that. Why? Because Because
0: Carl.
3: Well, and I think also because he realized what Carl was saying. Carl was saying that it's easier to get these people to work with you than to go to war with them and risk losing what you have.
2: Yeah, and they're much stronger too.
1: And why was Carl saying that? Why was Carl
3: saying that? Because, because he, realized the, Cause
0: cause he, he realized. Because he realized what he was. <laughs> he knew what he was right
1: about. Because he's Carl. Carl. <laughs> and because of Sadiq, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yep. he reached out to save that guy.
3: This is true. Sadiq is uh, is unaware that he is a uh, very important cog in this whole thing. Hey, let me ask. I got one quick quick uh question. Okay. Um father Gabriel.
0: Mhm.
3: He's with Ann at the end. Mhm. And his line is, "Oh, wow, I got to go. I'm I'm supposed to be on watch." They put the one-eyed guy on watch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm just really? gonna leave
3: i'm gonna leave that one alone
2: i know <laughs> i have nothing to say about that <laughs> the one-eyed
3: kick art critic they're gonna put. Yes. <laughs> oh he's I got, got really good ears mm-hmm. he does exactly he's got one really good eye even yeah. though he states that he doesn't
2: oh i was gonna say something really naughty <laughs> oh. i'm not gonna say that
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Jeez. okay good Glad you didn't say that. I'm glad you restrained yourself. Yes. Being that this it, is a family program. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's the new mechanic. Oh,
2: my God.
3: Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. I don't know about you guys, but I think we covered everything, right?
2: Yeah, I think we Pretty sure. Good. That was All an right. amazing episode. And if the rest of the season continues the way this one did, I will be super excited. Because yep. there's so many mysteries right now that I cannot wait to be solved, but I'm okay with it being dragged out a little bit. So, I'm excited. so we
3: got we got this season we got nine Rick episodes, yeah, and we got six Maggie episodes,
2: yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, really? That's it?
2: Yep. Yeah.
3: Before
1: she's, God, is that be, that's IMDb is saying that? Is that what?
3: You're, um, getting that I can't yeah. remember where I yeah, heard. IMDb. E- either that and, or on and news articles, yeah. Or, in, uh, or also Diego on uh, com- yeah 10. on Chris Hardwick's show, okay. I think they talked about it too. Um, I don't know if I want to know
2: that. But <laughs> if Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, her new show, does not do well,
1: that's the name of it. Really? Yes. Yeah. And well, it yeah. probably
3: won't because oh, it's yeah, been like, done understand. a thousand times.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, then she'll probably be back. But it's like she—it's rumored that she's going to be back anyways for season ten. Okay. Or maybe even by the end of this season.
1: Okay, so we'll see those rumors work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: People yeah, dude, say, yeah, was one
3: one of the rumors last year that Rick was going to become a pastry chef.
1: Yes. Yep.
3: Yeah, and that didn't that didn't pan out at all. No, they filmed it. They just didn't put it in. No, they didn't. He never was a pastry chef. I never saw any pastry. Yeah. All right. So uh, Outtakes, let's say buddy. we go on to Kim's favorite segment, which is hit or miss, Kimmy. What you got for us?
2: Okay. Okay. How many you
3: got? First off, how many you got?
2: I actually have three.
3: (laughs) Okay, Kim, you can pick. You can pick one. You can pick one of your three. You can maybe throw it in the conversation at the end, but.
2: Oh, okay. So I can combine two of them, actually. Okay. Okay.
1: Good combo. Okay,
2: so my one big one is the relationships. Between Father Gabriel and Anne and Uh Carol and Father Ezekiel. Okay. I just think they're super sweet, first of all, that they would include them. And I love Father Gabriel's line when he's like, I'm Episcopalian. I'm not Catholic. That's that's not holding me back. And Anne immediately, before he even gets the word out, has put her hand on his thigh and is moving into the bo-bong,
3: kill. Bo-bong, bo-bong, mm-hmm.
2: which I thought was like very forward, so whatever. That was and your then, hit though. Yeah. But and then she like <laughs> <laughs> starts unzipping wanna, his pants I'm where I was gonna, like, Whoa. Yeah,
3: I'm just gonna point that out. That Hold was hit. Yeah, and, and her answer to his line says, Oh, I'm supposed to be on lookout and she's like, Well will we'll look.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh my God. I think that was Father
1: Gabriel's hit as well.
2: Oh god. No. Uh, but anyways, and then Carol and father Ezekiel and Carol asking for the ring at the fire Mm -hmm. and father, I mean, uh, King Ezekiel's like getting all nervous. He's like getting on his one knee. He's like, I got a speech prepared. And she's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Hold up. You can read that to me later. I just thought uh-huh. that was really cute and really uh-huh. sweet, um, the way they presented both of those Still Carol
3: being in charge.
2: Yes. <laughs> but I understand where she's coming from, where she's like, good Lord, do not make a scene, please. Yes, like, let's yes. not let everybody in on what's going on. But she's taking a chance.
1: All right. Stu, your hit? Uh, mine was Tara on Lookout up in the um, mm-hmm. cherry picker.
0: Mm-hmm, that which, was cool.
1: Yeah, which I thought was hilarious with her you know, with her cheap sunglasses on. And yeah, giving and, everybody and her nicknames. call sign. Yes. What was her call sign? Mother Goose. Mother Goose.
3: Mother Goose to Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Rick was getting pissed. Tara, what? do you have anything
1: to report? <laughs> yeah. That which was, was kind of awesome. like uh, in Fear when uh, Morgan was being... Yeah, Momo. Ni- yeah, it was Momo. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot
2: of parallels this year with, with uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Well, yeah, you
1: mm-hmm. had uh, Daryl with the double knives was yep. like, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? Yeah, Mag, or uh, um, Al. No. Um, June? No. The young girl when she takes the Charlie.
2: T- Alicia. Alicia.
1: Alicia. There you go. <laughs> Alicia. Wow. Sorry. I no. completely <laughs> forgot her name. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, I don't know Alicia about you does, folks, but I was du- on the edge of my seat through that whole thing. I
2: know, really. Woo.
1: When Alicia takes the double stab.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and yes. And takes
1: the two walkers out
2: that's very much
1: very much the Uh same setup anyways tara tara up there was hilarious i thought that was a good little comedic scene
2: and jerry too that was pretty cool and
1: actually her getting shocked and freaked out actually was like quite the turn too because it was kind of funny and all of a sudden she's like uh mother goose mother goose we're missing
3: Piper two,
2: piper two where are you what's going on yep yep exactly
3: and that was our buddy justin and I also like that poo. she
2: named, uh, the Walkers had their own call sign too, which was Horatio. Oh, really? Why, I mean, I why Horatio? Horatio
3: didn't make the turn, or Horatio turn, made the turn.
2: Yes. Huh. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure what that is referring to. I
0: was it's referring cool, to the
3: Walkers making the turn, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she just liked the name. Mm-hmm. She's a fun-loving girl. She, she is. is. that Even in the apocalypse.
1: Scott, what was your hit?
3: My hit was Earl's story. Terrible. Wow. Earl's story about the alcoholism that when he talked to uh, Maggie. I thought yeah. that was great. The actor did a fantastic job with that. And, um, and you could really, uh, Ma- and uh, Lauren Cohen did a really good job of that too. You could really feel her struggling with the conversation. Um, so for me, that was a, I thought that was very impressive.
2: Yeah, I like that too. And for that to be the thing that makes her change her mind and reminds mm-hmm. her of her own father and just changes the course of everything that's supposed to happen in the future.
3: Yep, yep, exactly. Um, Kim, how about a miss?
2: Um, My miss, the only miss I have is that the episode had to end.
1: Mm.
2: I mean, I thought it was a fantastic episode. I have nothing to complain that's about.
1: That's your that Really, that's your only miss?
2: Really, seriously. Like, I loved every single minute of it. And I cannot wait for next week.
1: That little kid taking down that guy with the
2: stick. I mean. That's not a miss. That's an awesome hit. I mean, that guy was huge. It was amazing. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
3: It's all about leverage, Stuart. That's okay. great. Right.
2: He stood up for himself finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you?
1: <laughs> okay. You know, my miss actually was uh, the fact that they kept playing the um, You're Not Saving the World. You're setting it up for me clip with Negan in the commercials yep. over and over and over again cuz that was a great line and it kind of yeah. was wasted when you actually heard it. Mm. Right. When he when he you're actually says it right, you're like, ah, oh, oh yeah, of course, I knew that was coming." Oh, yeah. so that's
3: where they're using that line. Exactly. Yeah. It was
1: a it was a great line and it felt very
3: like anticlimactic to hear yeah, that you which picked, was a great scene.
1: Yeah, you could have picked plenty of other stuff that, you know, cuz that again, that's like the surprising kind of dark they could uh, have
3: they could have gotten away with not saying that line and just showing Negan in the jail cell. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Just in a silhouette
1: ad. or something. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I agree.
3: Yep. I agree. Hey, come on, editors. That's where you. Uh, that's where you. That's probably why it's not necessarily great to have promo editors coming in after the the real work's been yeah, done.
1: Yeah. You don't have the marketing guys coming in and like pick out like cherry pick the very best line. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You gotta leave something. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um my my miss was
3: what i already expressed about justin getting these uh very important jobs mm-hmm. even though he was a loser and and people didn't trust him it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me mm-hmm. especially the being on the uh, horn that's supposed to be t- deflecting
1: horatio um and is he the only sanctuary guy that's getting out of hand
0: no no
3: i think uh, i think jed's
1: kind of there yeah a little bit but he
3: bit. he is the, the the one that keeps getting yeah. out of hand well, he's definitely the guy that's a bit of an instigator. But I don't think... He's not the only one. He's not the only one.
1: You got to show a little bit more going on, I think, with some of these sanctuary guys.
3: I think they will. I think they will. I think that that, that sign on the wall about we are still Negan or whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
3: hints that there will be some problems there.
2: Yeah, and that's part,
3: sure. part of why the maybe the sanctuary will fail, is that yeah. they will split.
2: Can I do an honorable mention?
3: Oh, why not, Kim?
2: Yeah. Okay, so the big overarching thing of this episode is that I think in the past we had talked about how with Fear of the Walking Dead, we were glad that it was such a small cast and there were Mm -hmm. very few characters involved. I have to say that after this episode, I'm glad that there's actually a lot of characters involved and several different communities because you really have to concentrate and keep up with what they're saying because there's little hints that are dropped everywhere right? within the conversations that tell you what's going to happen in the future, not even in this episode, but further down the line in the season. And if you have a small cast, that's not going to be possible. So I'm really excited about all the the character interactions this season. And I know we're going to lose a lot of people, but we're also going to be introducing some new people. So I'm just really excited about everything.
3: I am Kim. As long as they don't, they don't feel like they have an obligation to give everybody something every time, all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. No, you but know? they haven't that shown old. that so far.
3: Well, they did in the first episode.
2: Well, in the very first, like the intro. Yeah, sure. They 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 they, they showed everybody doing something. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. No, what I mean is that. in the,
3: last week, it seemed like it was just a roll call to see who that's was coming I mean. up next. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. But, the, but they didn't do that this episode, I don't think.
3: They did a little bit of it, but they did a better job of it because they did the too. theme was kind was. of Rick just walking through yes. and, and observing things. And that's was, the same with the campfire. Yeah, that he did it was that.
1: a much more fluid, connected storyline. Right. Organic. Where, it was where much more people- organic. Yeah, and where you know Rick's like, oh well, Michonne's taking care of that, and then all of a sudden you see Michonne riding up on hilltop, and I mean right. it just there was it, a purpose. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it flowed a lot better. But they don't
3: have to. They sweet. don't have to uh, put Tara in every episode, doing something, or no, which or, is like
1: why I liked her. You know, just little
3: or Rosita there. Yeah, I mean it's it's okay to have those characters be kind of small players initially you can bring them out later on in the season if you need to but we don't have to focus on everybody it's not this isn't like happy days in the last couple years when they felt like every character had to be uh promoted all the time yeah Um, hey hey
2: we have a lot of listener comments tonight about this episode scott do you want to read the first one
3: Sure. Um, Emmeline Veltkamp said uh, so many things to say about tonight's episode. First off, you could see the bone in Aaron's arm. <laughs> she was quite alarmed by that. Um, also, my little fangirl heart is so happy over Carolyn Ezekiel. <laughs> Why did Anne, um, aka Jadis, look so freaked out about the helicopter? She attempted to get the pilot's attention last season, but now she seems to almost fearful of it. And I think we discussed that, you know, I, th- I think she's she's got a she's decision torn. to make. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Paige Vaughn said very similar comments, actually, uh, with a little added note. Uh, I can't believe Enid amputated Aaron's arm off a book in a diagram. I guess desperate times. <laughs> LOL. I love that Carol, the Carol and Ezekiel scenes. They're super cute together. A lot of scenes with my fave Zach McGowan tonight, but I'm annoyed his character is a (laughs) D-bag, which is our our bad savior. Uh, Speaking of him and the rest of the savior defectors, pretty sure they're being grabbed and recruited by the Whisperers. Oh. Hmm. I'm intrigued to find Hmm. out more about that exclamation point.
2: Now that's an interesting thought, that they're being recruited by the Whisperers. Hmm. I
3: have no idea. I don't know anything about the whispers, and because we didn't read the comic and all, so um, I don't know what what their whole gimmick is.
2: So. I never thought about the whispers being involved in the disappearance of the saviors until this. So
1: <laughs> you were supposed to come up with this solution during the break. Now you got new stuff churning in your head.
2: I do. All right,
1: gears are moving.
2: I'll keep thinking.
1: And while those gears are moving.
3: <laughs> Mark LeVarnway said Lots of parallels between the old world and the new And lots of shoes on other feet Maggie is reminding us of the governor More than Negan uh, yeah. Rick is is Rick is acting a, a lot like how I pictured Negan to have started um, Yeah, actually I think that's a really Interesting observation right there um, Taking care of his people Providing they toe the line And fight when expected I think But Rick's not hardline like I think Negan was
2: Yeah, in his
3: startup. I mean, I think he was a little bit harsher in the way he went about things. Negan in his cell speaks to Rick as if he's already got the t-shirt and he has it in fact. Um, It's a typical go-to with new managers who are unsure of themselves. Management by fear. It always fails. Zeke is the only one doing it right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, do you think, but is is um, Rick really managing with fear right now? No. I mean, because he he's seems to be. Yeah, he seems to be managing to actually, you know, give people a chance. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's, now, he's, I, he's almost pleading with people to stay together. Well, yeah. Daryl's reaction to the, some of the saviors was a little more uh, surprising to me. Because he was like, mm-hmm. get back to work. I'd yeah. be like, screw you, man, I'm leaving. And when they far, when they said that some of the saviors were disappearing, I thought originally they meant like they were just saying screw this, I'm not doing it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. and they
1: were just leaving at right. first, but um I didn't I thought that yeah,
3: uh, it seemed they to said be they said that they had lost like
1: 6 over
0: yeah. a, the past a month's month. time yeah. or something yeah.
1: like that that just up and disappeared. Yep. Um so yeah, I, I, I guess I thought Rick was not necessarily leading with fear um in pushing this this new world. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I don't. I think Rick has been more just trying to uh, convince everybody of their worth and and mm-hmm. why they need to stay together, their strength in numbers, all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, just I think he's been trying
1: to just hold the ship together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not fear. And then he, I mean, he, the only time he comes and confronts this Justin guy is when he's you know the guy confronts him, him.
3: right? Because uh, you look at Rick. I mean, Rick you know, Justin and and uh, Daryl are fighting on the bridge and Rick goes in there and breaks it up. And he doesn't come to anybody's defense. He just right. says, get back to work. Yeah. You know, he wasn't supporting anybody on this. He's just trying to keep everybody separate. Let's get the damn
1: job done and we will move on. Exactly.
0: And that's where Daryl
1: seems to be getting a little pissed off. That he's not backing him up. And that comment that Daryl actually made is was interesting. I don't think we talked about... Where they're mm-hmm. fighting in the tent, yes. And he says, uh, yeah. "I tried to explain this to you," and then he just leaves,
0: right? Yeah, because yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. I mean, he
1: was referring back to when he was trying to explain that they were better when they were a small group, right? Instead of trying to save these saviors, right?
3: Because yeah, because Rick said to him, "said We have to be together on this," and and yeah. that's when Daryl went, "Well, are we?"
2: And Daryl, I think, has been trying to do that for like two seasons now.
3: Definitely, definitely, this season he is definitely. And and at the end of last season, he was definitely um, kind of getting a little uh, a little tired of the Rick show.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah.
3: I mean, I think he's you know I think he backs Rick, and he will back Rick and if he needed to. But I definitely think he is uh, wavering on how that works. I think he's he's kind of he kind of likes Maggie's hardline stuff mm-hmm. better than he likes Rick's trying to uh, you know bring everybody together.
2: Well, I think we see that in the pre in the uh, teaser for next week. Oh, do we? Yeah,
3: I didn't see it. Okay,
2: you should check that out.
3: Okay. We'll All do. right.
2: Joe Johnson said, "Great episode. Looks like TWD is cooking with gas this season." I'm thinking the Whisperers are the mystery to why sanctuary people keep coming up missing.
3: I'm curious now about what who the, what these whispers are.
2: They're evil, man. They're very evil. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling the chemistry between Father Gabe and Jadis more than Michonne and Rick. Last but not least, <laughs> Daryl is one bad motherfucker. <laughs> you know, Joe say always that again? likes when I say motherfucker. Uh,
1: so he's just making you say that now. I think he is. You know, next next time he's just gonna say have motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker mm-hmm. in there. So you just like <laughs> continuously say it. Uh
2: uh-uh. uh. Motherfucker. Joe is Stop bad. being a motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lovely. Lovely. Off Twitter, uh, you are my flower at Rennie eighty nine. Enjoyed it and loved it. I'm living for seeing my Daryl in action. I love the season so far. It's really good and hope it will keep going that way.
2: David Valentine at D V Orlando said. It's time to steer the story to a conclusion. I watch out of habit. I haven't had that much excitement to watch the show in four seasons like I used to. The episode was entertaining, but our guys are now the oppressors to the saviors, minus the head bashing. I mean, are they really the oppressors? That's how it came off a little bit, I guess. From uh-huh. certain uh-huh. characters saying that. But I don't think Rick's trying to be an oppressor. I think he's trying to well, well, be an inclusive person.
3: Rick may not be trying to be an oppressor. But it's, you know, I thought, um, uh, what's his name? Stated Darryl. it perfectly. What's that? No, not Daryl. The, uh, uh, the other, the former savior that's with Maggie's group. Oh, the blonde. When he, what's that? The blonde guy. Yeah, the blonde guy. Because he said to Rick, he goes, so... You'll protect us and we'll work for you. Who does that sound like?
2: But what is he supposed to be doing?
3: I I mean, that's that's exactly
2: what Rick does for all the other groups.
3: But keep in mind, keep in mind, Sanctuary is failing. They see it failing. The crops are failing there. They're worried they have to rely on other people for for their food and so forth. Um, They're not self-sustaining. And uh, so, you know, Rick's authority is kind of wavering there.
1: They're getting ready to turn on Rick. They're not going to turn on the Hilltop, even though Hilltop mm-hmm. might have more um, clout in that decision because they're the ones that have all the supplies.
2: Let's use yeah, some common lo- sense here, people. They are saviors at a factory. Don't. The
1: saviors don't have much common sense.
2: There is so much grease and oil in that soil. How is your How are your crops going to survive? Well, that's
3: fine. Then you go to one of your satellites, which was not near there, and do your crops there. Or right, you but move. they're not doing that. Right,
2: right, That's exactly. their problem. But-
3: Look me, the hell man. that's you know that's also Rick too I mean you like trying Maggie to get them to right now. do it more combative.
2: Well look, I mean Maggie's anytime. right to a certain extent like there's a point when you stop saying oh everybody's against me and the world hates me and suck it up Buttercup and do your shit and move on and get your shit done
1: Can you end that with a motherfucker?
2: Motherfucker <laughs>
1: okay. well. Okay, I have a lighter note, if I can move on. Do you have something to add, my friend? Every
3: leader has support while things are going good. It's the leaders that can hold the support when things are going bad that are the really strong leaders. That's true. Things are going bad in Sanctuary. If Rick can pull them together, then his leadership is winning out. We've seen Rick fail on that kind of stuff before, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Because so, he we'll yeah, see. he gets
1: in the fetal position, and starts moaning and Well he gets the wet he gets the wrestler hair and starts shaking. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's true. Eileen McGuire off Twitter at Lovey Maguire said, I thought maybe Jesus and Aaron were flirting at getting together. Jesus seems enlightened mm-hmm. enough not to be not to let a missing appendage get in the way of love.
3: <laughs> hey, I got a question for you. I forgot to ask you this. Why did they keep showing all the people without hands and fingers?
2: I was wondering that too, but I'm Did actually excited that they're using real people.
3: Right. Is it because they represent people that came from the sanctuary?
2: Oh, I don't know.
3: You know, because the, that was pretty... I didn't notice
1: that. What are you talking about? The...
3: the lady
2: serving the food was missing a hand. Ah, and
3: then okay. another one that was holding <laughs> something, you can see most of her fingers were gone. Yeah. And um, I was wondering if they were trying to use that as a representation of the... Of the um, Punishment that they had to go through under Negan.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think about. But that. But I don't know.
3: I mean, I, I. I was curious about that. But they made a. They made a very, very uh, big point of
1: showing that. Yeah, it was very apparent. Yeah. not to me, obviously. Yeah,
2: really. Put <laughs> you your blinders on. All nice. right. At Devane, Devane said, "So we have more new couples this episode. Not worried at all about the Grim Reaper splitting them up." The transition of Jada's slash and speaking in full sentences is not strange, unlike Daryl. <laughs> I have a feeling we'll have to wait to find out about the helicopter. It is weird that Daryl went from like, uh, uh, to speaking coherently. Yeah, we, we
1: said he was in a bit of shock. Yeah. You know, he he was he went through some crap under Negan's
2: he thumb.
1: He, he did. He got, he got back to his primal self. Especially hearing that song, Easy Street. Oh, God. Days and days and out and eating. What was he eating? Uh, Dog food sandwiches?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: God. Yeah. That's bad.
1: It probably beats what he was eating on the trail.
3: Because I think, didn't didn't we have one episode we saw him eat a raw squirrel or something?
1: Possibly. A turtle. He and Enid shared a turtle at one point, I believe. Yes. Good Lord. That's devastating all in the same. Uh, Made in Wales, which is at, at cutepoison10 from Twitter. Who used to be Mmbop
2: I was gonna say Said, mm. I'm
1: ah. out I am out when Rick leaves still mad Carl died. I think I'm over it all. Gimple wrecked the story killing Carl to replace him with another guy. It was Rick and Carl's story
2: oh don't give Bop. up yet. it could be really cool this season
3: and and please come back as Mbop. because
1: we like saying that <laughs> I'm still calling you Mbop.
2: Why'd you change your name? I want to know that. And are you in Wales? I guess so. That's pretty cool. All right. Ryan the Lion. This episode was a 10 out of 10. Way better than season nine, episode one. The amount of epic scenes, Daryl being a badass, all the Rick moments, Aaron starting to strangely look like comic book Rick. Hmm. Great episode. Really? Comic book Rick, you think? That's an interesting idea. I'll have to look at that. And then Judith at rude Jude responded and said, "Yes, it was a ten out of ten for me too. Non-stop epicness, and I am loving that the Walkers are a real threat again." Was slightly yes. uneasy seeing the camp all happy and content—that never bodes well in Walking Dead world. Yes, because <laughs> I was thinking they're all sitting around this campfire that's super exposed, and even though they have somebody up in this like cherry picker thing watching. Who's to say that a walker doesn't escape through the the thicket and mm-hmm. get somebody? Yeah, I do think it's happiness. cool that,
3: that the that they do uh, that we are back to having the walkers as being some kind of a threat. Yeah, or at least something like that. That they constantly have. Uh, but but they are they are really a force of nature more than anything. They're like um, a storm
2: coming through.
1: So, it,
3: but it is kind of cool.
1: No, I agreed, and I I think that the the scene with Aaron too, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was a little gory. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of get that reminded or reminder of kind of the horror and mm-hmm. scariness of, of this show, which sometimes you don't really get to see quite so yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think I like seeing his arm chopped off, but.
2: But we didn't actually see it chopped off. Oh, man. We didn't you see didn't it happening. To, though. You didn't right. You didn't have to. Just seeing the arm band, uh, uh, beat up like it was was bad enough
1: just listen to the
3: audio. I'm still not I'm still <laughs> not on the um horror western
1: yet though. No. I'm still not quite feeling that yet. No. no. Um, Maybe the farm? Yeah, they get a farm. Yeah. But hell, they've been on a farm since the start.
3: Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh next week on The Walking Dead season 9 episode 3, Warning Signs. Rick's vision of the future is threatened by a mysterious disappearance that divides the work camp. Where the communities are building a bridge,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so just one another disappear.
2: savior,
1: maybe another savior that goes. I,
2: goes no,
3: I think
1: they're talking about Justin. AWOL. Oh yeah,
3: they are. They're
2: talking just about They're just talking about
1: Justin being yeah. disappearing at uh, the end. There, right?
3: Yeah, but how would they know?
1: Justin disappeared.
2: That's they true. He, he, left. They he tried, left. They knew he left because there were no other mystery. guys. that
1: were there were other guys that disappeared, but mm-hmm. I think. Unless they find Justin. Yeah, I think he had been garnering so much attention that I think people are going to realize, where the hell did Justin go?
3: Yeah, but Rick can say, I kicked him out of camp. Yeah. There's no mystery there.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, where was he supposed to be going that anybody would know?
3: Grandma's house. That is an excellent point, Stur. And
1: Grandma does not see him. In the apocalypse, you do need to check on Grandma. Yeah, I think the wolf got her.
2: Grandma's dead.
1: Wolf got her. Wow. The guy with the bad teeth.
3: That's a harsh way to go. (laughs) Well, Kim,
1: what do you think?
2: I just want to remind everybody that Walker Stalker Atlanta is coming up in a week and a half. Oh, my
1: God. Is it a week and a half? Yeah. 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 Are you working? I am. Who's taking care of the kids? You. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) The weekend before Thanksgiving. Good Lord. The weekend before Halloween. So, if you are in Atlanta, please come to Walker Soccer and meet up with us. Maybe we could do another Walk um, Fear Me podcast meetup, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. is yeah. Scott's going to be in town.
1: Meet up at a bar. Yeah. Meet up at Netherworld. No. Mm-hmm. No, we'll meet up at a bar.
2: Yeah, yes. the bar. Netherworld's too far away now. Um, so, anyways, yeah, get your tickets online and try to go to that. And in the meantime... If you would like to write to us, you can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.
3: Good night. Good night, everybody.